This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. That's a good line from Kenny. That's a good line from Kenny. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe in a f- couple of months, he'll be beating LeBron to the wall. <laughs> Eight ball says doubtful on that one, big fella. I agree. Don't think that's going to happen. I agree. Yeah. But LeBron's future is something that is coming up right now. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80. Thrilled that you're with us today. So much we have gotten into. Plenty of NFL. We've got more NFL coming later this hour, including... Canty and a certain list that he has got, including the five biggest questions in the NFL right now during OTA week. We will get to that in 30 minutes. Right now, we spend time on LeBron's future. And of course, he, as we know, dropped the hints the other night that maybe he would consider packing it in. Of course, this is heat of the moment. It's right after the game. Uh, Kyrie Irving is in the building. We both tend to think that there were some rather uh, pointed uh, intents behind his comments Mm -hmm. uh, to the Lakers, basically telling them, we need to get better, we need to get somebody, we need to get him, or maybe I'll decide to walk away after all. Canty, all of that said, I don't think either one of us thinks that he's going to retire, but if he does return, if we operate under that assumption... Can you win a championship still with LeBron as one of your two top players? Yeah, I think the answer to that is yes. He had 40 points in an elimination game in the conference finals. As a matter of fact, he was one rebound shy of a Mm triple-double. I mean, it was unbelievable what he did. And so, yeah, if he's capable of giving you nights like that and then averaging 25 and 10 and 6 in the playoffs, then, yeah, I think LeBron can be one of your one of your two top players. But I think at this stage in his career, because he's only playing around 60 regular season games, you're going to need a strong supporting cast. So that means not only having a really good number two player, but also having a lot of guys that can step up and play really, really good basketball. If you look at the Denver Nuggets, they, they're around seven or eight deep, and they got a lot of guys that can contribute. Guys that aren't necessarily household names, but are big-time players. KCP made some huge shots for them. Bruce Brown yep. came over from the Brooklyn Nets, and a ball of energy coming off of the bench. Aaron Gordon, not just what he does offensively in terms of rim running, but what he can do defensively for them. So they've got a lot of guys that contribute outside of their big three in Jamal Murray, Jokic, and Porter. And I think the Lakers have to develop a core of players that's capable of carrying LeBron and Anthony Davis to those heights. Now, if you don't feel confident that all of your young guys are gonna are gonna take this big leap, then you got to go out and make a big move this offseason to bring on a third star. And I think that's what Rob Palenka and Darvin Ham have to consider. And I think that's what LeBron James is trying to nudge the organization toward. What I saw the other night was somebody that understood that this was one of the nights where he had to step up and at the very least get them started. And and that's what he did in the first half. He lit it up in the first half. That was one of the best first halves we've ever seen LeBron James play. Yeah. Not just at this age, period. And he is capable of delivering that. He's just not capable of delivering that as often as he used to be. And LeBron is exceptionally smart at how he uses his body and when he knows he has enough in the tank to go and have a night like that. Now, I think that LeBron would be very comfortable if you added somebody else to the mix, like Kyrie, 
in being not somebody that has to go out and get 25 and 13 and 6 every night, but maybe somebody that that goes out and gets 20 and 9, and on those nights when one of the other two guys are off or, or both of the other two guys are off, all right, I can step up. I can score do what 40. I need to do. Yeah. yeah. I, I can go score 40 if I need to do that yeah. as long as I'm not asked to do it three times a week. I, I think if that's the case, that that is a role I think LeBron would be more than comfortable with at this juncture. He does not have to be the man. I don't even think he has to be the second man, but if he was and you're adding a scorer like Kyrie to the mix, that's a team that can win a championship. The only thing I have, just to push back on the Kyrie thing, the only reservation I have is that with Kyrie, you don't know from game to game, week to week. You just don't know. Anthony Davis in the postseason, you don't know game to game. I mean, if you added Kyrie to the mix and that was your big three, it's like if you're playing spades, you got one and a possible. I mean, well, I mean you, but you were you talking just, about you just don't know. But you were talking about this yesterday. It, it, just from a basketball standpoint, that would be the best big three he's played with. It would be if you're getting the best version of those guys. Right. But but you're relying on LeBron James, not just what he's doing on the court, but what he's doing in the locker room from a leadership standpoint in order to bring that out of Kyrie and AD. I'm with you. To me, it seems like the the simplest path to the Lakers closing the gap with the Denver Nuggets. And I get it. We just had Chris Maddox on. He said there are a lot of different machinations in there. It requires some cooperation on the Dallas Mavericks part, cooperation on Kyrie Irving's part in order to make all of this work. And you're moving on from a lot of role players in doing so because of, you got a clear cap in order to have the money to fit his salary. But to me, Kyrie Irving, because we've seen it work with him and LeBron before, Seems like that would be something that that is worth the risk if you're the Lakers. Canton Carlin, ESPN Radio. Kyrie, to me, is still somebody that yearns to be relevant. There is only one place that it can truly work, and that's with the Lakers mm. because of LeBron's presence. Do you think Kyrie Irving can make it work anywhere else in the league without being a headache? Or without at least limiting the headaches? I don't. No, but if you're the Lakers, do you want to do a sign and trade with Kyrie Irving and the Dallas Mavericks and guarantee him $170 million? No. Well, that's what's what, more that's, important that's, to that's, him? That's what, <laughs> well, what's more important to him at that point? Is it is it I have to get every penny? Or is it I want to go and be relevant somewhere? Because let's call it what it is. Kyrie playing alongside Luka Doncic, first of all, I don't think it's a winning formula. And secondly, there is nowhere near the relevance for Kyrie as there would be playing next to LeBron. No matter what Kyrie says or how he acts, what is clear is how much he enjoys having the spotlight on him, whether it's not for personal glorification, but more for being able to tend to his personal agenda. So I think with that in mind, Chris, for Kyrie trading off, and, and I know what I'm saying here, trading off the 60 or 70 million less that he's going to get with the Lakers and being able to trade it for the platform with which I will work for the next few years is going to be worth it. Like, I, I, it's the only place in the league where it can work. Any other place, it's 
getting every last penny and causing every damn headache. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that that makes a lot of sense if you're Kyrie Irving. And, and, I mean, again, you're seeing him on social media, you know, talking to fans and saying keep him out of, you know, keep him out of the mentions when it comes to free agency and all of these other things. Just stop looking at the mentions if you don't care. That's my whole point. He's yeah. basking in it. He's enjoying all of it. He wants to be wanted, to your point. And the Lakers are a fan base that would want him because they would believe it could work because they saw it work in 2016 with him and LeBron in Cleveland. So I, I, I still see the skill set that Kyrie has, and I still look at it and say that is championship caliber. Like this, this guy is an outstanding shooter, a knockdown shooter, whether it's off the bounce or spotting up. The guy has the best handle in the league. He can get to the rim, and he's got one of the best finish packages for any backcourt player in the entire NBA. So I just it it feels like it would work. Um, but again, it's dependent on LeBron James being a leader and still being able to compete at the level that we saw him in this postseason. I do have to admit, there there is a, a curiosity factor on my point, uh, on my part, wanting to see the three of them together to see what that looks like and to see if, in fact, Kyrie is capable of controlling himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want the train wreck factor to it. I want to see it fall apart in that instance, not because I don't want to see the Lakers win, but just from an entertainment standpoint. I would not stand there if it were the Lakers and say, I told you so. If it were anybody else in the league, I would say, I told you so. But I just, really what it boils down to is my personal entertainment. That's it. That's it. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Hey, Celtics, we did it. <laughs> Woo! Wee-hee-hee! Game four, we won. You know, they showed heart. They showed guts. They showed gumption. They would not go quietly into that night. Oh, please. Save me. Save me. The Celtics finally decided to show up in Game 4 down three games to none. And so now I'm supposed to believe that because they showed toughness, because they showed heart, because they moved the basketball, because all of a sudden Joe Missoula decided to call a timeout and they have figured it all out, that now, just now, it is all turning for the Boston Celtics. Dear God, stop. Just stop. It's not turning for the Boston Celtics. But you could at least give them credit for getting the series back to Boston. Can we not do that? They could have rolled over and died, and they didn't. We did they it. Didn't, they didn't do what my Lakers did. We we did it. Good job, boys. We we got a game against the number eight seed when you're a championship contender. It was the team they played against in the conference finals. And three years ago, it was the same team they played against in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is not your typical eighth seed in the Miami Heat. And they have the best coach in all of basketball in Eric Spolstra. So we we didn't think that this series would be as one-sided as it was. But you could understand how the Miami Heat would have a path to winning this series. And the fact that they were down 3 nothing on the road and forced a Game 5 back in Boston, I'll give them credit for that. To me, that speaks volumes about their sports character. Now, does that do anything to change the fate of Joe Mazzulla? Does that do anything to change 
the fate of this roster and Jalen Brown in particular and what happens with his basketball future? I don't know. But I think they're one step closer to being able to justify the front office staying the course as opposed to making wholesale changes. And that's what last night's victory got them. That's what they gained from last night. That's what they earned from last night. A step toward being able to keep the band together and seeing if continuity will win out, similar to what we've seen with the Denver Nuggets over the past three or four years. Oh, here's Jalen Brown. Oh, they made a mistake. Don't let us get one. I mean, he's playing better basketball in the last three games. And we got some plays that may look like we out there and that we're not giving effort, but we definitely getting outperformed. So we got to come out and perform better. Don't let us get one. Don't let us win tonight. Because that's our mindset. We let us get one. We feel confident. Um, so we're going to come out and play free, play ready, and it should be fun. So all of a sudden, I'm supposed to believe that the pressure in this series has shifted to the Miami Heat because the Celtics went out there and got one. I, I'm not there yet. Hey, Jalen Brown, y'all are not the Boston Red Sox in 2004. <laughs> stop it. Stop, stop that. Don't You don't have to come out and say, don't let us get one. Oh, my God. Don't do that. As I said earlier. Don't do that. The last time I heard somebody say that, it was when Alan Hahn and Bart Scott were taking on Jay Will and Keyshawn in basketball, and their bold strategy was to let Jay Will shoot it. <laughs> and Hahn kept saying, don't let me get one. Don't worry, you won't. <laughs> if you're just going to let Jay Will shoot, you're not. I can promise you. Not a great strategy. No. You know what else is not a great strategy? Going down 3-0 to the Miami Heat. No. no. Not a great strategy. Well, look, if the pressure is shifting, to me it's not shifting until after they win two games. If they win game five, then all of a sudden, you know, old Keister starts to tighten up a little bit, then I get it. Then I get it but, if you're but, the Miami oh, Heat. How is there not pressure for Miami to close out last night? How is there no pressure for them to do that? Because they have a net to work with. They have a couple of more games to work with before there really is pressure but on what's them. what's the goal for Miami? It's not just to get to the NBA Finals. It's to win it. And the team that you're going against in the West, they already punched their ticket. Yep. How, how is there not pressure to, to win that game at home last night, to close it out, and not, not have to get back on a plane and go to Boston? I mean, you talk about especially, teams. Especially with guys like Kyle Lowry. And, and, and what Gabe Vincent dealt with in the second half and rolling his ankle. And Jimmy Butler. Mm. Like guys that are a little bit further along in their careers, they need as much rest as they could possibly get before the finals. So how is there not pressure to close out that game last night in Miami? And how is there not even more pressure to shut the door and not let the Celtics win two in a row in game five in Boston? Look, that's where it it starts to get a little interesting to me until they make it a 3-2 series. But pressure to wrap it up last night, it would have been nice. You would have had nine days off. You would have had a break. All of it would have been good. Now, the issue would certainly be Vincent, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Gabe Vincent's played great. Outstanding. He has been outstanding throughout the postseason, and he is real. Like last year, we're making fun of him. Exactly. Exactly. Shannon, last year, we are screaming and yelling at Amber about Gabe Vincent and making fun of her, basically, for it. But the guy's been off the charts good. And if they don't have him, it certainly hurts. And if they don't have Lowry, it hurts. It hurts. He's obviously a veteran. But Kyle Lowry, I think, has played better in this postseason at times than he had his entire season. He was left for dead as a player, basically. I still think as thin as they are, 
they should be able to wrap this series up. But again, the pressure. I'm not feeling it yet if I'm the Heat because I've been here before so many times and have been able to make the adjustments and have been able to make the plays, and I got the best player on the court, and that's Jimmy. Yeah, I guess I'm looking at it from the standpoint with the Miami Heat that you're up 3-0, and teams that are up 3-0 in the best of seven in the NBA playoffs are 150-0 and in series wins. Like they don't, they don't lose. And so at this stage in the series, we would be floored if the Boston Celtics were to come back to win. I mean, the Boston Celtics, it's, it's a foregone conclusion for everybody that the Miami Heat are advancing to the finals and that the Celtics are going to be losers. So how is there pressure on you if everybody in the world thinks you're going to lose? There's pressure on you because the season's over and the entire season as a whole becomes a massive failure. Where, where as we can talk about the Heat not being your typical eight seed, it's true, but they were also about three minutes away from getting knocked out in the play-in tournament. They lost a play-in game and almost lost the second one. They were that close, and they were a team that, I mean, you talk about playing with your food. I mean, they, they wouldn't even put the damn Brussels sprout in their mouth all season if that's what we're looking at. Yeah, I mean, again, the Heat are not a typical HC. This is a team that was in the conference finals last year. This is a team that's been in the conference finals three of the last four seasons. It's also what bothers me, though, the most about the Celtics being in this position because they knew what they were dealing with. Okay, they can know what they're dealing with and and yet and still find themselves on the losing side of this series. Like, there's nobody that said, oh, the Miami Heat have no chance coming into this series against Boston. Hell, the Miami Heat already beat the number one seed in the conference with the best player in the world. So, I mean, I, I guess I don't look at it that way. I look at it from the standpoint of can you justify if you're Boston staying the course with the group of guys that you got, including the head coach, and thinking that that's going to lead you to a championship. Depending on how the remainder of this series goes is going to determine how you answer that question. Canty and Carlin, ESPN, ESPN Radio, I should say, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. In just moments, Mr. Canty has a top five list for you. Hello. The top five biggest questions right now in the NFL. And there are questions, and they need answers. Plus, there's something going on with his vacation that we got to talk about. He's planning a big trip later this summer for his anniversary. And uh, I don't know. I want to get into it a little bit. Not going to get you in trouble. Just have have questions. All All of that after this from our friends at NHTSA. Now, every day there are drivers on the road who decide not to buckle their seatbelts. Some of those drivers will be ticketed by law enforcement. Some of those drivers who crash won't make it home. Buckling up is the single most effective way to protect your life in the event of a crash and make it home safely to your loved ones. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Uh, much respect, Tina. Tina Turner passed away today at age 83. Wow. I mean, so much respect for that woman and everything that she created with her career. Yeah. Oh, my God. And she kept it going, too. Yeah. That's the beautiful part about it. She continued to do concerts, continued to perform. And, you know, it's one of those people that truly did what they loved. And I I believe this as well. She did what she was put on this earth to do. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And she did. There are few performers who can truly bring the power in their voice. And she was one of them. No doubt about it. The full on power was astounding at times. No doubt about it. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Oh, ho, ho. it is time for a little Canty Top 5. Bye, Which bye. teams were great? Breaks a tackle at the 15-10-5. Touchdown! What player was not? Does he hang on? Intercepted! He couldn't hang on! This is the NFL Top 5, Bottom 5. Today we serve you up a nice, big, fat plate of Top 5. And you get the top questions in the NFL right now. Here's Canty with the top five. Number five. Okay, what version of Mac Jones were we going to get this season now that he's reunited with Bill O'Brien? The two cross paths in Alabama. Now, here's the deal, big fella. A lot of people are looking at the AFC East as a three-team race. But could it be a four-team race with the New England Patriots? No. I don't know. The answer to that will depend on what the offense will look like, and can they move past the debacle that was Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator and the play caller? So that, to me, is going to be a compelling storyline, and that's something that we got to start watching now in OTAs and minicamp and see how this offense is going to progress and how Bill O'Brien is going to sequence plays, call plays for Mac Jones, and how they're going to structure this offense. Number four. 
Can Sean Payton resurrect Russell Wilson's career? I bet you can't say that five times fast. <laughs> Last year, Russell Wilson had career lows in QBR, completion percentage, touchdowns, and yards per attempt. There's a reason why he had a career-worst six-game losing streak. It wasn't an accident. Russ hasn't shown the ability to produce within the structure of the offense throughout his entire career, and that's something that Sean Payton is no doubt going to demand of him. Are those two going to be able to get on the same page? The Denver Broncos brass is betting big on that, and they did it with draft picks. They also did it with money because they're paying Sean Payton $18 million a year, and they're paying Russell Wilson $47 million a year. It's a lot of money to be doling out. Those two got to figure it out this coming season. Number three. Quarterback cash. I'm talking Pat Mahomes. I'm talking Justin Herbert, and I'm talking Joe Burrow. All of them are expected to get paid before the start of the season. And there's a reason why the teams want to work out those contract extensions before some of that other revenue streams for NFL come online, the tech money with Amazon and YouTube and all of that stuff. They want to get these deals done sooner rather than later. And who gets paid next is not going to be who gets paid the most. And so the question is, who's going to go next and who's going to be the highest paid once it's all said and done? Number two. Speaking of Justin Herbert, what is the Chargers offense going to look like with new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, right? I mean, Mm. Kellen Moore from the Dallas Cowboys, he's had a top six scoring offense in three of the last four seasons. He's also had the number one total offense twice during that same span. Is he going to be able to make it work with all of those weapons that they surrounded Justin Herbert with? Think about it. They drafted Quentin Johnston in the first round. They've got some good players along the offensive line. Rashad Slater hopefully returning healthy. And then we'll see what happens. And Austin Eckler's got the most touchdowns of anybody over the last two years in the NFL. How does Kellen Moore put all of this together around Justin Herbert? We've talked about Herbert being a top five quarterback in the NFL. Well, there's no excuse for him not to play like it this year with what they've surrounded him with, coordinator included. Number one. Who the hell is going to play quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers? <laughs> like, like I, I, I just, I, I, inquiring minds want to know. And the reason why we want to know is because this is a team that continuously gets vaulted into the tops of the NFL in terms of what they're going to be. If you look at our very own FPI, the ESPN FPI, the San Francisco 49ers are second in projected win total. They're second. That is unbelievable. Why are they second? Hell if I know, but they're there. (laughs) And their choices for quarterback week one seem like they're going to boil down to Sam Donald and Trey Lance. Now, I get that Trey Lance has reworked his throwing motion. It's supposed to be more efficient. We'll see whether or not that's true. We'll see what Brock Brock Purdy is going to be on the other side of the UCL surgery. I just, there are a lot of question marks at the most important position, and yet and still, Vegas and our ESPN FPI have them right up there at the top in terms of projected win total for this upcoming season. Hmm. Those are my top five questions going into 2023 as it stands right now. So I like the list. A couple of observations. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. What's up? Uh, Number one. And I know why they weren't on the list, because for you, they are not a question. But the Dallas Cowboys and the moves that they made, especially with having Mike McCarthy call the plays, will they actually uh, be able to answer that question in a positive way? I don't believe that is a question for you. I believe you believe you have the answer to that already. 
Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, I do. I, I'm just sitting here thinking about it. I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't like the Dallas Cowboys' chances of competing in the NFC East. Yeah. I, I think it's a country mile between them and the Philadelphia Eagles. See, I don't I, think it's close. I, I agree with that, but does that mean that they're not a playoff team? I, I still think they're better than the Giants. They have more talent than the Giants. I don't think that makes them a better team than the Giants. They're not better coached. They're not better, that's, and that's the point. Yeah. Uh, and I think the Giants got better from a talent standpoint this offseason at some critical spots. Think about this. The Giants were in the final eight in the NFL playoffs, and their quarterback threw 15 touchdown passes during the regular season. Think about that. Mm. 15. Here's the thing that bothers me with the Cowboys. There's the coaching question. There's also the issue of the quarterback turning the ball over, and people want to say it's just a one-year outlier. No, 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 no. Over the last two years, including the playoff games, Dak Prescott has turned the ball over 35 times in 31 games. That ain't good. It's not. No. So you couple that with coaching gas in the team routinely being at the top of the league in terms of the most penalties – that that's a team that has a lot of self-inflicting wounds, and it's hard to compete at a championship level when you do th- do all so. Right, all right, you just convinced me. That's not a question. <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting it, it out. It's true. Point. I'm just pointing it out. You're true. It, it, it's absolutely true. You're putting it all out there. That's all fair. I'm ready to drop a hot take of hot takes for you. What you got? Prediction of predictions. What you got? And it involves one of your selections here on this list. I I, know, I, I think I I think. I know which one you're going with. You think so? I think so. I think I know which one you're going with. I'm going number two. Okay. Okay. This is involving number two. Okay. Shannon, roll tape. Roll tape. Roll tape. Because this one, this one's coming back good. All right, we're rolling. We're rolling. By the start of 2024, if not sooner potentially by the middle of this season kellen moore will be the head coach of the san diego hello. of the la chargers hello i can't have you throwing out hot takes like that though why because you're, you're ruining our show why well well you we have another list coming from me for the nfl in the six o'clock hour did i just take away something from that you, list you did you kind of did. You're, I didn't you're, know you're, that. You're fat-headed. Well, how could you not know that? It's in the rundown. Well, I think we kind of talked about moving that off, didn't we? Were you going to say that Kellen Moore is going to be the head coach? I wasn't going to say that, but in order for him to be the head coach, what has to happen? Well, Brandon Staley has to get fired. That's my point. All right, well, that's not a hot take. Everybody knows Brandon Staley's getting fired. I'm saying Kellen Moore's the guy because he's going to get fired, and it's not going to be because of how the offense is playing. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Wow. I did not fat-hand anything. You did fat-hand it. I did not. I made a prediction. See, you could have. You you knew where I was going when I told you it had to do with number two. You could have said, stop. You're about to reach out that large I didn't, I didn't know. I, I, mutt, mutton hand I, of yours. I, 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 thought it, I thought it could have been a hot take, meaning in a positive way for the Chargers, con- competing with the Chiefs for the division. I thought you might have took it there. I thought I, you might have gotten excited. I was simply taking it to... Who the next coach will be, and you're just disgusted with me. Right well, now. here's the great part. You about know, it. Here's <laughs> the great part about it. You didn't take 
the number one spot when it comes to my top five NFL coaches on the hot seat going into 2023? No. There's actually a coach whose seat is hotter than Brandon Staley's. That's what we call a tease in the business, ladies Ooh. and gentlemen. We tease and teasing, as Shannon Penn would say. Jeez, he, he he drops one tease and all of a sudden, you know, we're explaining what they are. No, I'm just trying to keep you from fat-handing it like you fat-handed I, my list for the I, 6 o'clock hour. You, you, I tell you, it's the, you know, just remove Carlin from the name of the show. I'm not even here. See, now, Can't see, now, in the now, fat you, guy. now you're getting all dramatic. Here we go. Here we go. Break out the world's smallest violin valet. for Chris Carlin, please, ladies and gentlemen. Uh you Speak- gonna take us to break, or, or you need me to I do am, that too? Because in, okay. you know what, I'm gonna tease something right now. I am beyond ticked off about something. I am, in fact, crisped off about something. That's next, and that's a tease. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And Carlin, the podcast. I've been thoroughly annoyed about something for the last day and a half, two days. What's that? I got to get an answer to it. Mm. I've been watching Succession, as has been a a lot of the country. Okay. The the finale is coming up on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Over the last several weeks, I have wanted to talk about the final season, yet everywhere I turn, they everyone says the same thing. Don't say anything. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. And this is leading me to, frankly, get a little crystal. off. Canty and Carlin are. Oh, I hate you so much right now. off. How long? How long do I have to wait to be able to talk about a show that airs every Sunday night at 9 o'clock? It's one thing when we now... Uh, have shows that are streamed and maybe people haven't gotten to the seasons and all that stuff. Okay, this is a show that is on every week, and I get it. Maybe you tape it Sunday night so you can watch it Monday. Maybe you're watching the NBA NBA Conference Finals the other night, and you just want to do that and you'll watch it Monday night. You'll watch it Tuesday night. That's great. It's Wednesday. I can't find anybody to talk about this. God forbid that we actually watch the show when it airs. It has been that good this season that you would want to watch the show every Sunday night. Remember when The Sopranos was on? Yeah. Monday morning, everybody's talking about it. No doubt. I get it. It's a little bit different now with the way technology has worked. Tell me I'm wrong here that by Wednesday, I can't talk about it. I'll give you a day's grace period. But by Tuesday, that should be on our damn show rundown when we have shows like that. I wish I could tell you you were wrong. You're not. And what makes it even worse is that it's the final season. 
You yes. should want to talk about it the day after. Exactly. It's the final season. The series finale is over. The series finale is Sunday night. How many how many years do we have invested in this show? And if you're out there right now, you should shh. I haven't watched the last season. You know what? Logan Roy's dead. Exactly. What, what, you deserve that. Sorry, Shannon. That's on you. But, but, your schedule, down. your kids, everything going on in your life. Your problem. Let's, let's pipe down. I'm three episodes behind, so I'm going to need you to chill. You're the problem. You're the problem. But but here's the thing. Is that really a shocker? The show is called Succession. Yes. He was dying in season one. (laughs) It was the first episode. Guess what has to happen in order for him to be succeeded? He has to die. Oh, my God. Please. Just give me a chance to talk about it. I want to bond with some people. My life is empty. I don't have children. I'm I'm glad I don't have children. That's fine. But you know what I do have? A lot of time on my hands. And I wouldn't mind being able to talk about this with somebody who has actually gotten to it. I get it. People have lives. I understand that. That's fine. At least don't sit there and tell me you're three episodes behind. You're five episodes behind. Oh, you know what? I haven't started watching it yet. Dear God. Speaking of children, who's the most annoying child in the Roy family? The most annoying child? The most annoying child. Uh, I, I would call Roman the most annoying. Roman's the most... Because, ob- he, because he can feel, never I, be serious I about anything. I feel like he's the most obnoxious. Shiv. Yes. Shiv, Shiv is probably the most annoying. You think Shiv's the most annoying? Yeah, she's the most annoying. I don't know. What? Connor Team Connor is pretty that. damn annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he did think he was going to be president. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.